0: Blaine and Mickey, one zero four five, the zone. Happy Friday to you! Beautiful Friday. It's like we landed on the wrong planet today. It feels like summertime again out there. It's
1: not. I mean, it's literally. Yeah, we've been hanging out with Elon
0: Musk. That's what's happening. You we think so? <laughs> yeah, we
1: went up to space and came back.
0: With SpaceX. <laughs> we went. It feels like we're still in space. It's seventy three degrees outside. I did not see that coming. Uh, Blaine didn't see it coming because we're inside. He has on mirrored sunglasses.
1: Yeah, well, it is a little sunny right here, it man. Is but sunny. Uh, you know, yeah, I just. Give the fans some, uh, you know, so they can make sure they see us because they haven't seen us in the last couple of days. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so hey, we got to have fun with it, right? Yeah, we both well, actually. Actually, these are Kirby's glasses, so I was just giving them a break. They look pretty cool. Kirby has Ball State mm-hmm. logo sunglasses. Where do you get Ball State sunglasses? You got probably, gear on? Probably, probably
0: Ball State. Uh- <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, man, I used yeah, to get Ball State, those. man, I what you talking about? Gear,
0: I don't get anything yeah,
1: anymore. Yeah, man. Yeah, Ball State, yeah, man, Ball State, you know, you go up there, you become a fan, you, you know, you went there, you know, are starting a legacy, your son goes there, so it's, it's kind of cool So see, see all the changes and all the up-to-date gear. Even the Cardinal looks, you know, fancier than, the, you know, back in the day. I'm sure you're, 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 what is it, the Wolves? We have a completely different mascot. We, oh. were, we were the Indians. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's way different in my world now. Now, I don't know if you can see the Ball State up in the corner there. I the think they can stuff. see
0: We're on Zoom. You can check us out, uh, uh, Zone TV, anywhere that you consume that. Check us out there. Or just literally, you can you can actually come. As Blaine said, you can come see us. We're out and about, once again, day two at uh, the new T-Mobile store, 3800 Hillsboro Pike. We're here today. Until three and then three Joe will be here today until six. Daddy's dogs is outside. It's a hot dog Ooh, place. Blaine's I can't already wait. staked that out. Oh
1: man, I can't wait because I'm I'm starving. I starved myself just to make sure I could eat these hot dogs. Or no, they said one is really big. So I'm just trying to figure out which which dog I'm gonna get. We switched places today. I had a bowl of lentils and cauliflower, <laughs> <laughs> and then I come in. That, that giant... like something I would be eating too. Oh
0: yes, and then I come in. You're eating a, ba- a giant bag of barbecue chips. Which right,
1: are... well from there, from the yes. dogs, and, yeah, and, the tasty dogs.
0: And then go to get a hot dog,
1: and yeah. I had like, a bowl of lentils and cauliflower. Yeah, I, I starved myself. I've been eating all day. All the thing I've had is uh, two coffees. Yeah, so yeah, I'm lit right well, now. I can't live. Then now. I'm trying to. Yeah, and then I'm about to go eat, drink, eat this. You know, it's the weekend already. It's Friday. You Search cheat meals. Yeah, yeah I got yeah. The cheat meals are in now. It's, it's already in, man. Yeah, the, the wife don't know nothing about them. <laughs>
0: I love how you preferences <laughs> her on public radio. <laughs> Just so,
1: yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, she, she's at work, so yeah. Mm-hmm. She has
0: friends though They can text.
1: Oh, her they definitely go tell her. Okay. They, they tell her every time. I, but you know, yeah, the food dish. I, I cheat at home too, but okay. haven't in a long time though. I, I try not to buy the snack foods that I'll cheat. Whether it's ice cream or honey buns, is my go-to. Yeah, at nighttime, don't have them in the in the pantry start at all. You stopped buying honey buns. Yep, I stop buying. I love honey buns. Oh, I know. Uh-huh. I don't have anything, anything in the house that resembles a honey bun. Do
0: you like the honey bun with the clear layer of like varnish on it? Yes, I like, the the, with, like. I like the, the clear. Thick, white I used to
1: there. when I was growing up. I thought the white would it fooled you. You thought it was the sweeter, you know, sugarier one, but it's really the thinner glaze that is 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 better yeah Mm -hmm. you've researched this yeah extensively yeah i've researched because i've eaten them so much yeah yeah i I don't know yeah honey bun man but you know i I love getting cinnamon rolls for breakfast the one you just put in the oven put in the oven cook them oh man they're to die for yeah so those are my go-to's is, mm-hmm.
0: is a honey bun really just like a cheap cinnamon roll and a in a, in yep. a sealed plastic bag? It is, it is mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. Why, why do we lie to ourselves?
1: Where did honey bun? Uh, they come just in. they just changed the name and just you know hey we'll figure it out. But uh yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll even go for the twenty five cent honey bun. When I yeah 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 fifty cinnamons now yeah okay. They <laughs> used to be twenty five when I first started buying them oh, years know. ago. So it stuck with me all through childhood to adulthood. I had
0: a <laughs> bowl of cauliflower <laughs> today, so now we're talking Mm-mm. about honey buns. Nah,
1: Mm-mm. can't be eaten right, man. It's Friday. It's the weekend, man. It's time to party to the tardy.
0: All right, well, that starts now for me. Uh, it starts now for all of you, hopefully. All right, yesterday was one of those crazy days in sports where it's like, uh, there's really not much going on. It's Thursday. I mean, there were basketball games and college basketball games, and then, like, stuff just starts happening. So there's that NFL game, and Taysom Hill, who, by the way, the Saints are still under contract for, like, four more years. No,
1: they gave him an extension and just two weeks ago. Yeah, $40 million. Well, over
0: the next four years. And his dead cap hit next year is $19 million. So they're going to keep riding this train for a while till they get out of dead cap central. Hey. He threw four picks. He's a good gadget player. He's, right. a, he's an exciting guy. But he's not an every-down quarterback.
1: No And way. Why, do they
0: keep, why are they paying him mid-level quarterback money?
1: Man, I don't know. But, you know, he's a great athlete. I think he's good, you know, temporarily uh, when you're talking about in the middle of a game or yeah. maybe even for a game. But to think he's going to be potentially a starting quarterback, I think we passed that point. They made a huge mistake, and that's Sean Payton. You know, he had to back me. Backed him before this contract, and now he's added to that yeah. uh, to give them cap relief. Uh, so I'm interested to see who's going to be their quarterback next year, whether it be a trade, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, or maybe they even draft a guy. Uh, they got to get a veteran guy up in there. It's just uh, maybe Bridgewater, you know, a come back, or if he's available. James. But yeah, James is coming off an ACL tear, so I, I think if I was them. I probably, I need impact now. They have a good team. They just need somebody to pull the trigger at quarterback. So I had to go with the proven. Just imagine, let's just say Russell Wilson is in at quarterback with the Saints. Him and Sean Payton together. And you can say what you want to say about Russell Wilson as far as his play the last, you know, four weeks. But he's still Russell Wilson. He's still got something left. in. you don't know how much the finger's bother him or not. But uh, he, he didn't, he, he's still the real deal. And if you're trying to get to that mountaintop, that would be a great option. Aaron Rodgers, of course, too. You know, I I think Aaron Rodgers is my favorite and Russell Wilson's my second favorite. And the reason why is because they kind of model the type of quarterbacks that I want. I want them to be able to run, but I want them to think throw first. And everybody gets that kind of confused, especially with Russell Wilson thinks he's a runner. Well, he runs when he needs to, but he's always thinking to throw the football down the field. So that's why he gets away with all that fake punkman. So, yeah, they, yeah, Tyson Hill's not the answer for me. I think he's a good gadget guy. Uh, to be honest, he just can throw. I, I, I'm going to say this. This is my bad. Cordell Patterson is just as good a player as he is, uh, and gadget guy. Oh, gosh. And, and, and I bet you Cordell Patterson can throw because I've seen him throw in games just like two weeks ago. Yeah. Arthur Smith. Yeah. Come to the rescue. You abandoned us, you left us. For a head coaching job. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know if he – and then they gave him that enormous amount of money, Tyson. Here, I don't know. Man, his agent is highway robbery oh, right now. Yeah. He, he's, not, he's not a potential starting NFL quarterback in this league. It's just – you know, and I like him. I, I like him a lot. Sure. Watch this. Name a starting quarterback that has ever – Kirby, I know you're listening – that has ever run down on kickoffs and made a tackle. A starting NFL quarterback. Name one, and he's done it multiple times, and knocked people's heads off. that's what he he threw I think he had his finger was broken or something like two interceptions in he kept he kept playing well, most quarterbacks like, hey, my fingers messed up man i can't I can't play this guy his mindset is linebacker. I want my quarterback's mindset to be finesse. I'll beat you with my brains, not my body and my athleticism so yeah. Uh. I, I, yeah, that's, that's a huge mistake there. They they, they botched that one.
0: All right. <clears throat> there's there's one thing that I can think of that's similar. I know you're finding some guy. I know you are. If I'm not mistaken, Ooh. when Joe Theismann first came into oh, the NFL. Oh, Joe Theismann. But that's how far I got to go. It's that that in he, the 80s? That, no, 70s. 70s? That, and that he returned some punts. Yes, he did. Oh, and, I'm talking about tackling people. Well, but, I mean, if he's the punt returner, he, he might have been a gunner or something, too, but he returned 15 punts as a rookie. But you got the point is, I'm making yeah. your point. you got to go to 1974 no, no, I got you. to find another guy who good, anything like that. Yeah,
1: this guy's an aggressive nature. He could play linebacker. I mean, no. I, 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 yeah, he's not the guy. He's not. He's not the starting quarterback. Change of pace. What did he say, Tyson?
0: Four, 14 career tackles for him.
1: Oh, yeah. This guy, I've seen him run down. I go, oh, get him, Tyson. He can get him. He's an aggressive. His guy's built up too, man. Oh my god! But did you see him after the game? Did you see his left left arm? Yeah, yeah, had a whole bunch of bruises all the way up and down his arm. I don't want my quarterback looking like that. That means you didn't get rid of the ball. Mm-mm. Everything's about timing. Go look at the history of the NFL. The quarterbacks that throw the football win. Not the running quarterback. The running quarterback gets hurt. <laughs> that's that the guy history. Got hurt last night. Yeah, that's the history. Um, so then,
0: so then, down the road in Memphis. So we're watching that on TV, and it's funny if you wonder how many people are watching Thursday night football, even between you know those two teams on a random Thursday. It, there's no telling how many million people. It's always like the highest rated show on TV, any NFL game. Mm-hmm. So then, down the road, the Grizzlies had the biggest win in NBA
1: history it, in point.
0: It's, point. A, it's the 75 year uh, anniversary of the NBA. They won by seventy three points. That's over almost OKC. impossible. And
1: with no John Moran, they just did. Without, without one dues. of, if not one of, the, I mean their best player, but one of the best players in the NBA, they, wasn't, he wasn't even out there. Remember, the I told available. you he hurt his knee, man. I, I think it's a little scary. I think they're a little worried. Hopefully he'll be back pretty soon. But uh, yeah, that that's crazy
0: right there. Uh, you seventy three? They won by seventy three. They were up by more than that.
1: Um, Watch this, Kirby. What is the second greatest? Number of being beat in the NBA. Do you know it? Uh, The who? No. Wilt Chamberlain scored 100 again. That wasn't. No, I'm not. it. I'm talking about differential in points that you Uh, beat somebody. Oh, okay. Oh, Kirby, I'm disappointed in you. I thought you had the answer. You're walking encyclopedia, and you let me down. (laughs) I knew you. I knew you would ask today. You're you're a why guy.
0: It's 68. I, I, I I knew you would ask. Wow. 68. But you got to go back to 1991. The oh. Cavaliers beat the Heat 148-80 to 80 on December
1: 17th, 1991. Oh, I think I oh, – ooh, no, nah, I was in college. I was probably at a party to the party. <laughs> I don't think I remember that. Uh, LeB- LeBron was on the team? Nope, not 91. Well, LeBron – Not 91. He was a – I wasn't watching the Cavaliers back there. Who was? Uh, did they have Ron Harper at that time? No, he was with the Bulls by then, right? He Surely uh, he was with the Bulls by then. Yeah, I don't have Ooh. the box score, but I did Ooh. have I the box think, them. Who was their be, Who was the best player there in 1991, Kirby? Cavaliers' best player in 91. You were in Ohio. Oh, I know. Well, they had one of the Paxton brothers, and they had Craig Elo. And Elo was there, but that was when they played Jordan. Brad Doherty. Brad Daugherty was a great player, and, he, and then he retired early. Steve Kerr. Oh, no, who was the – oh, no, I I got the guy. Who's the sharpshooter guy? Oh, I loved him. I think he should be in the uh, Hall of Fame. I can't even think of his name. He, I think he went to Georgia Tech. Number 25, Price. Oh, Mark Price. Mark Price. Oh, come on. Yeah. Thank Mark you for remembering Price. that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that dude was a – that guy can flat out dribble, shoot, that guy was bad, manma-jama. He just mm. happened to play in an era where
0: there were so many other great people uh, still playing that he gets literally. We uh, weren't even thinking. You thought about him, I mm-hmm. didn't. He uh, was, I knew it was he a great was player. They had, and I kept on saying,
1: "Hey man, this guy is unstoppable." His jump shot was money. As soon as he let it go, it was like he starts running down the court. Yeah, and, that, and
0: that's when if you shot like four threes a game, it's like, boy, he's a long distance marksman. <laughs> Remember that, <laughs> right? I mean, if a guy shot like three three pointers a game, it's like, wow, yeah. whoa. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Mark Price. I, I was a big Mark Price. I love Mark Price. It's a nice
0: pull there by the mm-hmm. Hitman. Uh You can pull up and see us uh, again. We're on Hillsboro Road. We are at the T-Mobile store, new nice place. Look, you're trying to get Christmas shopping done. We're trying to make things easy. You just come by here, uh, and they'll show you all the latest in technology. People love getting the, you know, the gifts of technology. New phone, but you need an accessory or anything like that. They've got all that, too. This is the spot to get it. Uh, they got a great staff. They're always helping people that come in here. This is the second day we've been here, and uh, they're taking care of their people. They'll take care of you, too, and have a hot dog when you come by Daddy's Dogs. Come see 3HL as well. They'll be here from 3 to 6, but we will be here today until 3, and when we come back, it's time to talk Titans with our man Luke Worsham of A to Z Sports. That's next on Blaine and Mickey. to make Mickey, 1045 the zone was that was that afternoon delight what are we doing what in the world It's a friday
2: that... afternoon you got to enjoy
0: it no okay i don't think that's what that's about but okay <laughs> <laughs> oh uh luke worship welcome in uh, with that song playing how are you doing luke hey we we can't uh we can't hit Okay, well we're saying how no. muted I was muted. There you All go. Right. He's come on, unmute yourself. You didn't want to but, hear that song, is what it was.
2: Yeah, you know, we how long? You know, we don't really have the Zoom world anymore, but I, I, I'm still a novice at this stuff, apparently.
0: Well, you sat through enough of these with Mike Vrabel. We figured you could just snap your fingers and make this Zoom thing work. <laughs> hey, now he opened with that that song. I, one thing I didn't know about you, uh, but I noticed this last week on your timeline. I guess Stephen Sondheim had passed away and you put video of you playing the piano and singing. I mean, I know you yes. go to Belmont, but here we go. You're another singer-songwriter in town. Yes. Uh, well,
2: I don't, I don't know about singer. That, that was mainly my tribute to Stephen Sondheim. Yeah, what people may not know about me is, like, I, I love football, and that's, like, my, my thing. But my other thing is I'm hugely into the musical theater, and Stephen Sondheim is basically my hero. I'm, I'm looking at my piano right now and sitting on top, I have a letter that Sondheim wrote me about a year ago because I, I sent him one with some lyric questions, and he wrote it back and, and signed it and so that's that's one of my most prized possessions now, but yeah we lost Sondheim last week, and that was uh that was sad, but um you know he uh, he left us a great body of work uh, that I think a lot of people probably don't know they're as familiar with as they are next week the uh The Spielberg. A West Side Story movie comes out. Sondheim wrote the lyrics to West Side
0: Story. So there you go. See, you just never know about these sports reporters. They're well-rounded individuals. Yeah, I, for me, it's Gene Simmons. So quite a, quite, a, quite a turn there. But I got to interview him <laughs> uh, on the show a couple of years ago, and I felt just like you did about Stevenson. Uh, so uh, there you go. Uh, Luke Worsham, our guest at Luke underscore Worsham, A to Z Sports and uh, the No Nonsense podcast. You never get any nonsense from Luke. So let's start with this. Um, when, uh, when Arthur Smith leaves and Todd Downing takes over, it's basically like, okay, continuity. That's sort of the message yeah. that we all took out of that. So let me ask you this. How much continuity have you seen? I know there's injuries. I, I'll give you all that. How different is this Todd Downing from uh, Arthur Smith?
2: Well, there's a lot less play action. I, I think that's the biggest thing that has changed. And the excuse that is often given from doubting and, and from some players is, well, you know, it's, it's hard to run play action when you're behind the chains and it's second and 12 and third and 12. And, you know, we just, we just keep shooting ourselves in the foot. And, you know, once we stop doing that, then the, the play action can happen. That's what they're saying. Well, you know, here's my solution to not having to run play action on second and 12. Why don't you run it on first and 10? Like I think there's a pretty good idea right there. So, like that's the biggest difference is Arthur Smith knew that Ryan Tannehill is at his best off of play action, and we just haven't really seen that. Really, even when the guys were healthy, like even when Henry was still out there and and Brown and what we saw of Julio Jones, there wasn't a whole lot of play action to to speak of.
0: You mentioned Ryan Tannehill uh, w- with his well documented troubles. If you had to kind of divide it up, these three things, his fault, his surrounding cast's fault, play calling's fault, how would you assign the percentages on that for Ryan Tannehill's issues that he is having?
2: That's a good question because I, I think all of them certainly play into it. And I think that I, I've seen a lot of people like feel like they have to pick one or the other. And what I go to is like, you know, it is not Todd Downing's fault when Tannehill throws the ball straight to Gruber Hill, or when he decided against the Rams that he wanted his first pass of the game to be testing Jalen Ramsey on a quick out. Like, that's not a Todd Downing problem. But, But what I think Downing perhaps gets some blame for is the lack of play action like I just talked about, and also just the fact that this offense is not in any kind of discernible rhythm. And maybe they found some of that against the Patriots with all of the rushing success that they had, uh, but, but Downing plays a role and also the receivers play a role because, you know, I like Westbrook Aquina. I think he's developed into a, a quality player. I really do. But, you know, Des Fitzpatrick has really, really struggled. And Anthony Furzer has, you know, it's been the great disappearing act of 2021. And, and those are guys who he's having to rely heavily on. So in terms of percentage, I'm going to put like, 45% on Tannehill just because he is the quarterback and he needs to, to get the job done. And then I'll put I'll put 30 on the weapons, so that gets us to 75, and so then we can put 25 on Todd Downing.
0: There you go, Luke Worsham breaking it down. Normally this is Buck Rising spot, but we upgraded today with Luke Worsham. Uh, so this <laughs> spot always brought to you by our friends at Two Rivers Ford, home of the non-commissioned salespeople, uh, even though we got our guy Luke filling in. Today, right here on Blade and Mickey.
2: I could not hear anything from you. I think your mic died. There we go.
1: Yeah, Kirby. I'm sorry about that. All right, fresh mic. Here we go. Here we go, Luke. Luke. Yeah. Yes, got you, bud. All right. Who do you think is going to come off of uh, IR or who's been injured, hasn't been playing, uh, that has a possibility, you think, and will play? Because until these guys get healthy, then will you get in rhythm and the flow, whether you're on offense or defense? So they're not going to come back and pick right back up where they left off. That just doesn't work like that. Uh, So how soon can some of these guys be back, do you think?
2: Yeah, so I think the big news is that Julio Jones is now eligible to come off of injured reserve. He sat out the three games. The bye week is is sort of the fourth week since he's played. Now, we don't know what his status is, but he is eligible, and it has been a month since he sat out. So, you know, perhaps we could see Julio Jones' return. They could certainly use it, especially with A.J. Brown out. Uh, You could see Nate Davis back, maybe Jeremy McNichols, too. Both of those guys are in concussion protocol. So, you know, that is sort of its own beast. But then defensively, I think the big name you could potentially get back is David Long, who played like, you know, a bullet shot out of a gun uh, when he was playing before he went down. But he's been out for like a month now. Uh, He's not on IR. He's just been hanging out on the active roster. But because he's not on IR, he can come back whenever, And you would think, having this extra week of rest, the fact that he's already been out as long as he has, uh, that he's someone we could see back. Rashawn Evans, in a similar situation, and also Pierre Tartt, Uh, he's someone who has missed the last couple of games, and I think his absence has been noticeable, and he's not on injured reserve, so he can come back whenever he's ready. Uh, Unfortunately, there's still a litany of players who won't be returning. A.J. Brown still has... Two weeks left on injured reserve. Dupree still has one more game before he can come back. But Julio Jones, uh, Jeremy McNichols, Nate Davis, David Long, Rashawn Evans, all those guys we can see return this week.
1: No doubt about it. How do you think the Titans are going to finish? What do you think their final record will be? Because the AFC is wide open. So I'm going to ask 2 question. Who do you think is going to have the number one seed in the AFC? Uh, so we scramble look at everybody's schedule real quick. <laughs> and then where do you think the Titans are going to end up?
2: <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, so the Titans are 8-4 right now, and their games left are Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Miami, and Houston. And, you know, none of those teams are particularly great at the quarterback position. Um, all of them have struggled to varying extents this season. And so there, there's no game left on the schedule where you're like, well, they're just going to get crushed. Like the Patriots game is probably their their you know, hardest opponent that they'll have for the rest of the season. So, you know, five games left. I could see them finishing eleven and six. I could see them going three and two. I could also see them, you know, going four and one and, and beating most of these teams. It, it's been weird because there have been so many instances of the Titans facing adversity, backs against the wall, and they rise to the occasion but I just think they have perhaps gotten to a point over the last couple of weeks where they're just out of juice. Like I'm all about next man up and you have to have that mindset because as Brabel always says, it's a 100% injury rate in the NFL. But at a certain point you just run out of people and that's what's happening. So maybe the bye week gives them a reset. Those guys we just talked about, maybe some of them can, can come back and give them a bit of juice. Uh, but you know, I don't see any reason to panic and, and start you know flipping tables and burning couches and acting like the season's over just because they lost two games in a row. Mm,
1: no doubt about it. We're on with Luke, Luke Worsham uh, with A to Z uh, Sports. Uh, I guess I, I want to ask you, outside of the play and the losses the last two weeks, what do you think about the free agent signings? That uh, I know it's not the end of the season, but we got time to reflect uh, here during the bye week, of uh, all the free agents that they've signed. Kind of give us your grade thus far going through each player.
2: Well, so I think they had a home run with Danico Autry. That, that I think, is obvious. He's been really good for them. And it's for, for Autry, it's been less about what he has done individually because he has had a couple of, like, explosive games where he got multiple sacks. But he's opening things up, I think, for Jeffrey Simmons and for Harold Landry. And I think the same is true about Bud Dupree. I think it's probably been a disappointing year for Dupree, but I don't think it's been disappointing because of what he hasn't done when he's been out there. It's been disappointing because he hasn't been out there. When Dupree's been out there, it's not like he's some kind of pass-rushing phenom or anything, but when he's out there, it's a noticeable difference with this unit as a whole. You know, go back three or four weeks ago, all we could talk about was, man, this Titans pass rush, and, and they need a nickname, and are they the pickle the Monsters or the Broadway Bullies, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, we're not, ha- we're not having those conversations anymore ever since Bud Dupree went down. That's because they're not getting sacks at the level that they were before that. So, you know, it it hadn't been a home run like I would say Autry has been, but I, I still think we need to let the pot simmer on that one. Uh, Jack Rabbit Jenkins has just sort of been there like he's not been any kind of playmaker, but I also don't really think he's been a liability. He's just sort of you know been a starting caliber player who you hope to not notice in a game. And you want a a, a signing, but the, you know the Julio Jones trade, I think you have to say that's been disappointing so far because of the unavailability. We all expected Julio Jones to not be an everyday practicer, but I think we were expecting the payoff of that to be. You know, he doesn't practice every day, so he plays at the end of the week. And what happened even before he was on IR was, was every week, is Julio going to practice on Wednesdays? Is he going to play this week? And, you know, I, I, I hope that changes for them. I, I think maybe it can. But I don't know that there's going to be some kind of miracle where Julio Jones is now a week-in and week-out playmaker.
1: Now, what, what overall grade do you give it so far here at the, at the bye week?
2: Uh, I'd give it a B minus, you know, because I think they did fill some need that I think without the guys they signed, they would be in a lot worse shape. So, you know, I think a C would probably be offensive to what they were able to do, but it, it hadn't been, you know, some kind of string of home runs either.
1: Well, we would look worksome with A to Z sports.
0: Luke, you had written about this for uh, A to Z. Uh, I think you, maybe you had done a, a primetime show. Maybe that was it. The three questions that will determine the Titans' fate this season. What are those three questions?
2: Yeah, this is what we talked about last night. I've been, I've been filling in for Buck all week on our primetime show. And last night we talked about, like you said, the three questions that I think will define the rest of the season. Question number one is can the offense stop the turnovers? I don't really know what's happening there. It was a problem early in the season, and then it sort of subsided, and then it has exploded over the last two weeks with nine turnovers in two games. You don't win games at any level of football, peewee, high school, whatever, when you turn the ball over nine times in two games. So they've got to find a way to quit that, and it's coming in a lot of different ways. It's, it's bad interceptions. It's fumbles. It's you know running the wrong route and setting the quarterback up to fail. they got to get that under control so that's question one. Question two is, can this defense get back to getting sacks? Because when this defense was getting sacks, they were playing at an extraordinarily high level, and they were fun to watch, and the secondary was flying around and, and, and you know, able to make plays on the football. And over the last couple weeks against the Texans and the Patriots, that pressure hadn't been there. And so I, I think they really need to get back to that if this team is going to finish strong. So that's question two. Can the defense start getting sacks again? And question three is what we've been talking about already. Can they get some of these offensive weapons back? I'm less concerned about the defensive guys, although they are important. They need Bud Dupree back. They need David Long back. But this offense has got to get one or two of these guys back, whether that's, you know, Henry coming back at the end of the season or Julio Jones coming back this week or AJ Brown when he's eligible. They got to get some of these guys back because you know you can beat the Jags with Des Fitzpatrick and Nick Westbrook, but when it gets to playoff time, and and you know again we're talking about the fate of the season, when you get to playoff time, you're not going toe to toe with Baltimore or Buffalo with with this sort of you know anemic group that they have on offense.
0: Luke Worsham, our guest, you actually asked Mike Grable earlier this week about the strength and conditioning staff, the training staff, mm-hmm. and i i you you could tell people exactly how you phrased the question, but he proceeded to basically say it's nothing that they're doing that this is their responsibility of the players, but it was an interesting exchange based on the fact that they're literally sitting they're setting modern football history with the number of injuries they've had,
2: yeah, and we also talked about this last night on prime time because when there's a situation like this where there's such an influx of injuries, and like you said, they're setting these records. There's this tendency, and it's understandable, where you've got to point a finger somewhere. And the, the sort of logical step that a lot of people feel like they're taking is, well, so many injuries, therefore it must mean the strength and conditioning staff. The trainers aren't doing their job. And I sort of presented that to Vrabel. Like, the way I asked it was sort of, you know, I've seen fans making that connection. I, w- I-, I wanted to almost say, like, can you explain why that doesn't check out? And, and I was, I was thinking he would probably just sort of give, you know, the canned line about I have the full confidence. But, but when he said, you know, when I was a player, Brable, and I got hurt, I didn't get up from the turf and say, "Well, those darn trainers didn't have me prepared." You know, it's just it, it, it doesn't really work like that. And so, I think what you blame for the Titans' injury, maybe you look back at you know, less springtime practices and not having a bye week until this late in the season with an added week in the schedule. But I think you just got to blame the game of football at the end of the day. And, you know, Derrick Henry didn't break his foot because of what did or did not happen in the training room. I think we would all agree that Derrick Henry is perhaps one of the most prepared players in the entire NFL to withstand, you know, playing this sport. And even he couldn't stand up to it. So I don't know that this is a some kind of problem. It's also the same staff they've had for the last four years under Vrabel, so it's not like anything new is not happening, you know, that, that, that did happen the
0: first three years. Sure. On with Luke Worsham at Luke underscore Worsham, A to Z Sports, no-nonsense pod talking Titans on Blaine and Mickey.
1: Regardless of what happens this year, Luke, this is looking out on the foresight of uh, what may could happen after the season's over with. Do you think Julio Jones will be back with the team? Do I think he comes back this season? No, on the team after this season.
2: Will he be on the team? Well, yeah, I think he has to because you owe him a ton of money and I and I'm I'm not sure that there's there would be a whole lot of relief in getting rid of him after this year. I, I'm I'm pulling it up right now just so that I can double check what the dead money would be. And yeah, if they were to cut him heading into next season, they'd still owe him over 13 million dollars. So Julio so Jones guaranteed? is here for the long haul.
1: So he his contract was guaranteed?
2: Well, uh, it it looks like it, at least for the next couple of years. They can't really get out of this until if they cut him in 2023, they would owe him $8.4 million still. So he he's here for the long haul, whether he's healthy or not.
1: Oh, man. That <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't know that. I know I thought they gave him uh, cash cake. Uh, with the first year of the deal, which is this year, up front. And then uh, I didn't know how that impacted the rest of the season because you're not getting your bang for your buck. And I say that in in, in mutual respect for Julio Jones. But what we start doing here from the media point of view, we look at their contracts and feel like that they should be on the team, uh, but they're not Mm -hmm. producing. And and that's what I get all the time. How can they be on the team if they're not producing? Because in any other situation, uh, players are cut or pay cut uh, however you want to look at it, uh, if they're not producing when you're a high-priced player. Uh, that's why yeah. Juan gets scrutinized. That's why Julio will. That's why Henry will. It, it, it just goes on A Tanny Hill will, who has got a huge number as well. So are we going to make exceptions to the rule to these players that are elite players but aren't staying healthy enough to stay on the field, and how do you get out of these deals? Yeah, I, I don't know. I
2: mean, it looks to me, just looking at this contract, like they've kind of made their bed and they're going to have to lie in it. You know, <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, well, somebody made bed.
2: and you're paying him anyway. You might as well pay him to play for you, right? If they cut him right, next right. year, if they cut him in 2022, it's three point two, thirteen point two million dead cap. That's obviously not good. A little better the year after that, eight point four, but. I, I don't see how they get out of this until Julio's, like, 35. Mm. And with what we've seen this year, it's not, not great, not great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, Luke, for that one. All right, now, have they made their decision on actually how this rotation is going to work with Hilliard? they running back and forming, and then now McNichols, I'm assuming, going to be coming back into the fold? Or do you think they're going to just keep this rotation going with those two guys and then maybe have McNichols the third down or will they keep Hilliard there?
2: I think it's probably a rotation. You know, I don't know that either one of them has really separated himself from the other because I think they've both had their moments. Hilliard had the big play on Sunday, right? The long touchdown run on the draw, but Deontay Foreman also, you know, broke off a long run. What they both had in common was they fumbled the football at the tail end of, of big runs on Sunday. But I, I think that until Henry gets back it's gonna be a committee uh because you know, unless you have like one of the big dogs, like a Henry, a Nick Chubb, a Christian McCaffrey, that's just sort of what you have to do. And I don't know that Hilliard or Foreman, you know, necessarily are are terribly different in skill set. I know Hilliard is probably more equipped to catch the ball out of the backfield, but in terms of the ground game, like you watch them run, and there's not a whole lot of difference. Like they both run with physicality. Uh, you know foreman's much bigger than hilliard but i don't know that you're in the run game getting a whole lot of difference with one guy or the other so they'll probably i would imagine just keep using both
0: luke good stuff man always appreciate the time with you at luke underscore worship people can follow you there anywhere they consume a disease sports or the no nonsense podcast uh, great job filling in for buck today buddy we'll talk again soon all right thanks guys there's that, Luke. Yes, sir. Piano playing, singing, uh, sports reporting. Luke Worsham. All kind
1: of talents, man. And well,
0: I mean, you just don't know. This is that's this just the way this town is. All right. When we come back, we're going to put the question up. How would you assign the Tannehill for the problems, the blame? How would you assign the blame for Ryan Tannehill's struggles between himself, his surrounding cast, and the coaching staff? Luke Worsham gave his percentages. We can share those again. John Glennon even talked about this yesterday. We'll get into that next. Uh, call us. You got a you got an opinion on this? Six one five seven three seven. on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5, The Zone. What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday afternoon to you. Beautiful weather outside. My gosh, it's nice. Football Friday. The state championship games continue. Congratulations to all the young people who are taking part in that and their coaches and their families. What a cool thing. Uh, win or lose. You played in the last game of the season. That's a remarkable feat. So congratulations to uh, everybody and to all those cheerleaders cheering your last game and band playing your last game and football players playing your last game. Man, just take it in. Enjoy every second because there's, uh, there's nothing like it. So, uh, congrats again to everybody, all the teams across the state, and special shout-out to all of our local teams compete for a state championship. Mm-hmm. So, we are at T-Mobile, 3800 Hillsboro Road. Blaine Bishop has bought a giant hot dog from Daddy's Dogs in the parking Ooh, lot. yeah,
1: I just tweeted it out so everybody can see it. Yeah, it's yeah. covered in mm. bacon
0: and barbecue sauce uh, oh bacon I mean, and cheese and and barbecue cheese? oh
1: man that thing looks deli- i'm about to destroy that <laughs> at the top of the hour i went and got it early i got five minutes <laughs> uh, yeah really four four minutes in county yeah All mm-hmm.
0: all right well you can come by uh we're doing our toy field uh tuesday at nissan stadium that's every year you guys bring unwrapped toys for Uh, Kids, you wouldn't get Christmas otherwise. We do that with the Salvation Army, their Forgotten Angels program. It's a fantastic thing. Uh, T Mobile getting together with us on that, and Planet Fitness and uh, Freedom Boat Rentals as well, thanks to all of them. But uh, if you want to do this today, you can do it all the way up until 6 o'clock. You've already got your toy. You live around here. You're in Green Hill shopping or whatever. Maybe you're just hearing us. You're in Green Hill shopping. Grab the toy, bring it by. We've got a bin. You can drop Mm -hmm. it here with us today. And then that way. And then you can just come by Tuesday and visit with us. We want to see you Tuesday as well. We asked this question on the Blaine and Mickey Twitter account. I asked Luke Worsham Blaine's like, we just need to put that out for everybody. Between these three factors, what percent of the blame do you assign to each for the cause of Titans quarterback Ryan Tannehill's struggles this season? His fault, his surrounding cast, and coaching slash scheme. I figure it was the easiest way to say that. Mm-hmm. Ramon's nephew, John Johnson, is once again, he's, he's an avid replier. Quickly,
1: <laughs> quickly too. He's quickly. He's uh, quick he got us on, on alert. Drop.
0: <laughs> he said 40% him, 50% cast, 10% coaching. Ooh. Luke Worsham, who's a beat writer and has been for the Titans for some time now, mm-hmm. gave 45% his fault, 30% to the surrounding cast, and 25% to coaching. Boyd on Twitter just cut
1: straight to the chase. He said it's the lack of his surrounding cast. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, you know, and I'm a guy. I, I have Hill ha- guy. He has to high- have the highest percentage because he has the ball in his hand every time. So, ultimately, it doesn't matter if the guys are getting open or not. Don't throw to them. Throw it low. There's always exceptions to the rule. So, ultimately, he's got to be the 55 to 60, and everybody else is somewhere in between. He's got to be – he's the guy that pulls the trigger. Sorry, Charlie, that's why he gets paid the big bucks. We just went through, you know, where his cap number is going to be and all those things. So, yeah, I think Tannehill, ultimately, those all factor in. Scheme, comfortability, I'm I'm real big on that with chemistry – with your, your receivers, uh, you know, and, and it hurts. It, it's just hard. Uh, but you got to do those things in practice and then go through them in the game and go over some guys and what you want to do. And then he missed some throws, too, just on his own. You can't say missing Chester Rogers was a missed throw. I mean, you know, that was him. That was all day. That could have been a touchdown. The guy's open. I mean, wide open in their postgame. Oh, games. yeah. Wide open, and he overshot him. Now, you know, it could be that maybe Chester Rogers should have ran him more outside. Well, and but, hey you got to hit him. you got to find a way to hang it up there. When he's that open, let him figure it out and hang it up in the air. So I, I give it all more so to Tannehill, uh, whatever that percentage may be. It's more than 50 to me. So, yeah, ultimately he's the, he's the trigger guy. And his numbers have bared it out. Nobody cares about, you know, oh, that was tip ball. Oh, he ran the wrong route. What are his interceptions to touchdown ratio? That's I'm sorry. And it started in the preseason, and he's kind of continued that. He's just been a little – uh, let's say, uh, you know, a little too cautious to me at times, and then too aggressive other times. Because now I think he's forcing it; he's trying to make it happen when it's not there, and especially with some guys he's really not comfortable with. So ultimately, you get to Bergsir to me, and he should be the security blanket for him, and he's not, yeah. and that hurts too. Yeah, his disappearing act has been one of the oddest things I've seen. Yeah, yeah, it, this happens all the time, and, and and to me, it's when. When you are an undrafted player and you become a bigger role than they thought you ever could be, you maybe are probably what they thought you were. And that is just the route runner guy that comes in and not an every down tight end. That's just not a stick. Guess what? If he goes back, slims down, and runs his wiggle routes again, he'll, he'll dominate and be really that slash slot tight end guy. You know, only guys that get away with that are the 6'5", great athlete, first round guys. So, he, he's found a way. So, he's got to be able to pick it up now. Now, he should be back into the flow and the rhythm of the, of the offense after being injured early in the season. So, it's really disappointing. And I, I told you, tight end doesn't really matter. Well, they're 8-4, and four, uh, but he has to be more of a factor than that. We did see Jonu, by the way. There was a sighting. He's a pretty good player. Yeah, yes. Uh, yes.
0: Uh, for sure. Alan Bell's a pretty good uh, player, too. He'll give you some uh, best bets. We'll talk about a bunch of stuff with him. Alan Bell coming up at 220. On the show is hour number two of Blaine and Mickey rolls on the T-Mobile store on Hillsboro Road in Green Hills right here, 104.5 The Zone.